I believe that tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'll be reading from the, uh, I think we're going to be reading from the New King James. I've got the Amplified pulled up. I think it's very similar in this particular passage. There is really no telling tonight what God will do. If we will believe that he is in this house to do it. I can't shake what I felt this morning and shared in our pre-service meeting with the praise team. I don't feel that it is a lack of our faith in whether or not God can heal. I don't feel that it's a lack of faith in the area of whether or not we believe that God can deliver and set free. Because if we went around this room tonight, we would all be able to share of accounts personally that God stepped into the room and made a way where there was no way. But I believe tonight that it is the will of heaven that we would get the revelation that God's presence is in this house tonight. And if we can have faith tonight to believe that He is here, when He is in a room, when He is in an atmosphere, there is no sickness. There is no disease. What are you, what are you trying to say? Because I've come in sick tonight, because I've come in... With, 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 with something that has afflicted me or I've come in with trouble in a relationship. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say as Jesus would say often that he was present to heal them. So in this house tonight, when you get the revelation and I get the full revelation that he is in the room, the healing will take place. The blinded eyes, both spiritually and physically, will be opened. The deaf ears, both spiritually and physically, will be opened, unstopped. Well, I believe in this house tonight that God wants to show himself so real that you will never be able to doubt again. That you will never be able to doubt again that His presence is as near and as close as the mentioning of His name. And I don't know about you tonight, but I wasn't really trying to pay attention, but I'd say the majority of people come in this room magnifying and lifting up and praising and exalting the name of Jesus. And when you begin to praise him, he cannot help but to fill in and to move in to the room, into the house. I'm not talking about this natural house. I'm talking about the house within. He abides in the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. He sets up camp where his people magnify and lift him up. 2 Corinthians chapter 20, verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord in front of the new courtyard, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? 
Power and might are in your hand. There is no one able to take a stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? They have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if evil comes on us, or the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name and your presence is in this house. And we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear, and you will save us. Now behold the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from the land of Egypt, for they turned away from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are a powerless, for we are powerless against this great multitude which is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. This is your house. Your name is on this house. We don't know what to do, but our eyes. Lift your hands towards heaven right now, and would you pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Heaven is in this room right now. Lord, I pray tonight, Jesus, over every individual that's in this house, Lord, I pray over my mind and over my spirit tonight, oh God, I pray that I would only speak what you would have me to say. Lord, I do not take this tonight. I don't take this lightly tonight, Lord. I want to just be a conduit and say what you would have for me to say, nothing more. Nothing less tonight, oh God. I just want to speak what you would have for me to say in this house tonight. Lord, I pray tonight there are people tonight, oh Lord, that have desperately come in in need of a word from you. In need tonight, oh God, like no, never a need before, oh Lord. And I pray tonight that you would grant that, Lord. That you would move. That there would be a holy thunder that would go out over this place. That there would be a move of the Spirit, oh God. That there would be a demonstration of your power in this house tonight, oh Jesus. I magnify you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you. Now, would you, before you're seated, would you for about 10 seconds, would you just clap your hands unto the Lord? Hallelujah. Would you look at your neighbor as you're being seated and would you tell them you are in the right house? You're in the right house. A somewhat familiar passage of Scripture. And as this came off the pages to me, 
to catch you up where we are at in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Judah and the house of Jerusalem is about to be invaded. They have armies from every side that are coming against them. It looks like this is going to be very, very bad for Judah. It looks like this is going to be, without the help of the Lord, the last stand for King Jehoshaphat. It appears that things are not going to go in his favor. But I am intrigued, and I have probably said this um, before in a setting, whether it be teaching or somewhere. I am intrigued that as people come to tell Jehoshaphat how bad things look, he doesn't say, well, let me go and spy this out for myself and let me make sure that what you're telling me is really true. I feel that Jehoshaphat felt the heat of adversary, enemies, moving in all around him. What I find interesting is, is that while most royalty and kings would make sure that their people were prepared for battle, they would find themselves and make themselves in a safe place. And while Jehoshaphat could have went to a place that would have been more convenient and more comfortable for him to be able to think through what was about to transpire and what was about to take place, Jehoshaphat goes to a very familiar place. He goes to a place that he knows that he can trust. He goes to the house of the Lord. This was not just a house that, this was not just a place that was built for just rituals to take place, but it was a place that they had built with their hands. It's a place that they had spent much time and blood and sweat and resources building as a memorial to the Lord, as a place that they could gather and worship, as a place that they could gather and His presence would reside so that they could hear what the Lord would have to say. What I find interesting is, is when things hit us, sometimes the place that we want to go last is into the house of the Lord. I'm not talking about this house, the brick, the mortar, the finishings, which are beautiful. I'm not talking about this property, but I'm talking about the presence. The difference between them and us is, is they had to go into a place where the presence could come down. But can I tell you tonight that if we'll abide in Him, 
And we'll allow Him to abide in us. This building that can contain the house of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. Jehoshaphat goes into the house and he says, Is this not the land that you have given us as an inheritance? I'll just pause right there. Is this not the promises that God has given us? Is this not the place in the season that God has called us to? And because we have been obedient to what God has said, and because we have been obedient to what God has done. See, there were some evil kings. But Jehoshaphat tried to relive as much as he could six generations prior to him. He would refer to him often while it would be a great, 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 great uh, grandfather of sorts. He would refer to David as his father. Is this not the land that you have promised us? I'm starting out slower tonight because I want us to realize that this presence is for you and for me. This presence, the power of God, is for you to live in and for you to reside in. Jehoshaphat said, is this not, I'll paraphrase, is this not the inheritance that you gave us? Is this not what you promised uh, to your friend Abraham? Is this not what you promised to the seeds of Abraham? Is this not what you had spoken and given to us and our descendants and those that, and our children and for those that would come? Is this Brother Turner, not what you have given to us. Somebody needs to grasp something tonight in your spirit. This is what God has given me. Maybe I'll say it a different way. Somebody needs to hug and hold on to some things that God has given you. Jehoshaphat could have said, they're encamped around us. I know that we should do, I know we should uh, inquire of the Lord for this. <laughs> but if we leave right now, if we pick up our stuff, some of us can be spared. Some of, our, some of our, our possessions can be spared. Some of the things that we have worked hard for and God has blessed us with, we can spare and we can get through the door and leave and hope that the enemy doesn't find us. And while Jehoshaphat had every reason to want to leave, it made him want to stay even the more. I find the faith of Jehoshaphat very interesting because in the odds of everything that is going on, 
In the odds that are stacked against him, he makes up in his mind. I, if it's the last place I go, a free man. I'm going to go to the presence of the Lord about this. I'm going to step into his presence one more time. Contrary to what some believe, I don't believe that Jehoshaphat, was when he was speaking to the Lord and saying, you, are you not the, 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 the Father? Are you not the Creator? Are you not the Lord of our ancestors? He wasn't saying that as a question. He was saying that as a statement. And I believe that when those words begin to utter out of his mouth, it was like a praise. It was like an incense begin to go up to the Lord. Jehoshaphat is not going to let the things that are surrounding him stop him from remembering who I am and how powerful he is when he steps into my presence. Joseph had stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord. You're the God of our fathers. Are you not the God of heaven? What was he saying? You're the God of our fathers. I know you're the God of heaven. I know that when we could have seen them destroyed, you wouldn't allow us to destroy them. When we were mighty in number, when we felt like fighting, you wouldn't let us fight them. Now, are they really going to come in now and reward us, he said? Are they really going to come in now when we could have defeated them when our number was greater, when our number was higher? Are you really going to let them now come in and take what you promised to us? And I tell you tonight that he's a promise-keeping God. I said he's a promise-keeping God. He's a promise-keeping God. Your people have lived in it. They've built you a sanctuary in your name. If evil comes on us, the sword of judgment, plague, famine, despair, fear, trembling, we know what we are able to do. We know what we can only do. We know where to go. We don't look to men. We don't look to horses and chariots. We don't look to the things that uh, the carnal mind would run to. But we know where to go to. I've come to tell you, you are in the right house tonight. I'm going to say that again. You are in the right house tonight. You may feel. I don't have to know what you're facing and what you're going through. You can feel like everything that could be stacked against you has been stacked against you. You could feel like, Brother Dean, that everything that could go wrong has went wrong. You could feel like that if sickness can happen, I feel like it's happened and it's happening and it's happening and it's happening. If disease could happen or a financial difficulty could happen, I feel like it's happened and compounding and happened and happening and happening and happening. Can I tell you in this place that you are in the right house. You are in a place where there is a firm foundation. 
There's a rock foundation. And it's not just the natural, but can I tell you about the natural for a minute? This place has been built. It's been designed. It's been created to be like a memorial so that in a time of trouble, we ought not think about all the other places that we can go, but we ought to think about, one, I need to pray. And two, I got to get to the house of the Lord. I got to get to a place. I got to, you hear me right? I got to get to a place that's not been perverted by the world. I got to get to a place that's been consecrated. I thank God for the physical, natural hands that has built this building. Because of that, we're able to gather here. But as thankful as I am for that, I'm thankful tonight. I'm grateful tonight that I have a place that I can go. I have a place that I can run to. I've got a place that the weak can run to and they can say, I am strong. I've got a place that the poor can run to and say, I am rich. I've got a place tonight that I can go. enemy does not care if our natural bodies and our flesh has gathered together in one place. But he does care tonight if we realize that we haven't just gathered and we don't just see one another, but we have gathered in a place where his presence is. I don't know what you might be facing tonight. I don't know what you might be going through tonight. I know in this room tonight without even... Having to know very much about anything, I know there are people in this room that are facing things. I know there's people in this room that are facing dreaded diseases. I know there's people in this room that are facing financial issues. I know there's people in this room that feel like they're standing on very unsettled, unstable ground. Things are shaking and shit, things are turning and things are not as they have always been. But can I tell somebody in this house, the presence is here. I said the presence is here. I said the presence is here. I believe, now you just believe what you want to believe, but I believe that Jehoshaphat, as he began to pray, and as he began to talk to the Lord, he said, this is a place that your name and your presence, it's on this house, and it's in this house. And we cried out to you in our distress, and you will hear us, and you will save us. What was he saying? He was saying, when we've needed you in the past, you have been like a sure foundation. You need to look right now in the spirit right now at whatever you're facing and whatever may be coming against you. And you may say, I understand that you're large. I understand that you're big. I understand that it may seem difficult. There's people in this room, you may be facing something that you have never faced before in your life. And you feel like if something doesn't happen, if God doesn't intervene, this may be what takes me. This may be what takes my mind. This may be what takes my spirit. I've come to tell you that the devil is a liar. Because you are in the presence. You're in the presence of the king that said, I'll let kingdoms reign and I'll tear down kingdoms. I'll allow men to be exalted for their moment and for time. But when I say enough is enough, enough is enough. 
I believe, you say what you want to say, I believe Joseph, Jehoshaphat had been around the block a couple of times and he had seen corruption and he had seen things that were not done right and he had seen things that were not correct while they might have looked politically correct on the outside. They were something that had tore down. They were something that had accused and that had talked against and, and slang the name of the Lord. Jehoshaphat said, I have seen you work before. Jehoshaphat said, I became king because of your hand and because of what you have done. Can I tell you right now, you may feel like that it is finished and that you are done. You may feel like it just feels from everything and everywhere and every direction, but I've come to tell you tonight in the Holy Ghost. I wish it was in my notes, but it's not in my notes, so I just got to say what I got to say. What, what I feel the Holy Ghost saying tonight. You are in the right place. You need to receive tonight what God has for you. There is a word. You hear me right now. There is a word in this house tonight through the Spirit for you. Turn to your neighbor and say it's for you. He said, when we were big, when you led them out, when you led your people out, and they were much larger, we were much larger. We wanted to defeat them then. We wanted everything. But you wouldn't allow us. Have you ever felt like you was in a situation and you said, if this was to happen to me five years ago? My resources would have been better. My mindset would have been better. Maybe my health would have been better. My way of reasoning and my way of thinking would have been better. I had more that were for me than that were against me then. But you allowed my enemy to remain and now they're going to come in I think he was probably saying Lord I, I believe that you're going to take care of this but would you really allow them to come in and make a mockery of this place and as much as I want to believe that Jehoshaphat was full of faith because I do believe he was full of faith I also believe that there there was a, a human side to him and in his mind he could hear the horses as they were coming he could hear the chariots he could hear the warriors and whatever their tongue maybe was from the different places the different tribes that were coming against them he could hear their voices and their chants. He could probably see the demise of everything that he and the people of Judah had worked so hard for and had dedicated and had consecrated to the Lord. That they had said, we could take all of this for us, but we're not going to do that. We're going to do what is pleasing in the eyes of God. We're going to do what the will of God is concerning every area and every aspect of our lives. And now it feels like, I don't know why I feel like tonight, and if I am, you just have to pardon me. I feel like that I maybe am repeating myself a few times tonight. 
It's because we need to get it in our minds and in our spirits tonight that this is not the finale of what is going to happen and transpire in our lives and in our families. It looks like it's over. It looks like, Brother Hewling, that it is finished. Brother Elledge, it looks like, can it get any worse? I don't know if it could get any worse. Could we handle it? If this situation got any worse, I've come to tell you tonight that help is on the way because you are in a house that has not just been built by hands and by brick and by mortar, but you're in a house. You're in a house. You're in a house. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word is forever. You're in a house that has the name of Jesus over it. It's like a banner tonight. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And Jehoshaphat said the righteous run in two and they are saved. They don't run away from trouble. They get to the source of where their help is at. You hear me tonight? The enemy wants you to run away from trouble. I'd run smack dab up to trouble if I knew I was in the presence of the Lord. That you... You better believe the enemy knew where they was going to be. I'm going to say that again. I said the enemy knew where Judah was going to be. The enemy knew. Slow down. Forty-two's on my trail. The enemy knew what Judah meant. What's Judah mean? Judah knew. The enemy knew where Judah would be. But Judah didn't care that the enemy knew where Judah would be. Why? Because Judah knew our help's not going to be in swords, spears, shields, any type of artillery or it's 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 not going to work. They're bigger than we are. They're stronger than we are in our flesh. Judah knew where their strength came from. Their strength came from being in the presence of God. Brothers and sisters, that is why. And when we enter into the house of God, the enemy will do everything he can to try to lull our minds and lull our spirits to sleep while we are here. Because he understands that if we ever make that, when we make that God connection, when we make the connection with his presence, there is no enemy that's too big. There is no object that is too large. There's no wall that's too tall. 
There's no giant that's too big. Jehoshaphat began to, I'm sure, began to think about the things that the Lord had done as a promise to the people of God. Tonight, you may not have anything to stand on. And you, if you had any luck, it would be bad luck. Well, I don't believe in luck anyway, so, so you're, you're in good company tonight. But can I tell you something? You've got something that you can stand on. You've got something that is sure. You've got a foundation. You've got a word that you can stand on. You've got a promise that you can stand on. While other people, here's the difference between us and the enemy. The enemy may be big. The enemy may be bad. But the ground that he's walking on is unsettled ground. It's unstable ground. It's sinking sand. But the place that we are standing is on rock, is on the rock. Jesus Christ, the rock. The same yesterday, today, and forever. You are standing on a sure foundation tonight. You're standing on a firm foundation. Don't you listen to the lie. And the deception of the enemy. I'm going to get where I'm going tonight and I'm going to just... I believe... That Jehoshaphat began to think about what David would say. In 2 Samuel chapter 22, he would say this, and it would be recorded again in Psalms 18 with very little uh, change to what he would say. It's a praise that David began to praise. As he was in a place, he had been in a place where it looked like he was surrounded. He had been in a place where it looked like it was over. He had been in a place where he looked like that the demise was not going to work the way that he could work. He thought he had done everything that was good. He was trying to, you hear me right now, he was I'm going to say this, he was trying to do what was right and he was trying to clean up the mess of an ungodly man and an ungodly king. He was trying to do what was right in the sight of the Lord and the adversary didn't like what he was doing and so the adversary surrounded him on every side. They wanted his life, they wanted his family, they wanted his men, they wanted his children, they wanted him to die, they, want, they did not want him to live. They did not want him to be king. Why did they not want David to be king? Because he was a man after God's own heart. They knew you may mess up you may slip up but there's one thing that you will not do you won't exit away from the presence of God you won't get in a place where you can't find God you'll always know where the presence of God is David and because of that we hate you can I tell you tonight I I hope I'm not the bearer of bad news but the enemy hates you tonight and I'm glad because I know whose side I'm on and more than that I know who's on my side and if God before us, who can be against us? David said in Psalms 18, I love you fervently and devotedly, O Lord, my strength. The Lord, of my, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, the one who rescues me. My God, my rock, my strength in whom I trust and take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my strong tower. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Oh. I feel like as Judah began to assemble there and Jehoshaphat began to assemble, assemble there and as Jehoshaphat began to say, oh, are you not? I believe, Brother Joe, there, there is no reference to this, I doubt, but I just have to believe that Jehoshaphat began to think back about something that David, King David, would have said, his ancestor would have said, Father David would have said, when everything was against him, he would have said, I called upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death surrounded me, David said, and the streams of the ungodliness and torrents of destruction terrified me. 
The cords of Shiloh, the netherworld, the place of the dead surrounded me. I could smell the stench of death. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, when I seemed surrounded, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. And he heard my voice from his temple. And my cry for help came before him into his very ears. I'm going to keep reading if that's all right. Then the earth shook and quaked and the foundations of the mountains trembled. I believe as Jehoshaphat began to speak about who the Lord is, we know what's fixing to happen and we might get there. We know what's fixing to be spoken. But I believe that as Jehoshaphat began to speak these words, I, be, I believe that heaven began to move and that the earth where those adversaries were at began to shake. We have no reason to believe that there was not some type of shaking or some different directions. We find out later on in Second Chronicles, we find out that they were coming from all different directions. And by the time they got to the place that they thought that they were going, they had done messed up and they were fighting against one another. And so there was an earthquake. There were things that began to shake. The foundations of the mountains trembled. They were shaken because he was indignant and angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and fire from his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down. And thick darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon the cherubim storm and flew. And he sped on the wings of the wind. What are you talking about? That sounds kind of weird. That sounds kind of wild. I'm talking about something that begins to happen in the supernatural realm. When people gather together in the presence of God. When people with all the odds against them say, uh-uh. Not today. Uh -uh. I know they're coming against me, and they may be here before the sun breaks in the morning, but this is where I'm going to be. This is where I have found myself in. This is where I'm at. And when you begin to talk about, I, we talked about it a minute ago, but when you begin to talk about who he is, when you begin to talk about what he is, he will stop everything that is going on on this planet. And walk into a place. If he's got to shake the ground to get there, he'll do it. If he has to cause the wind to blow in all drastic matters, he will do it. The word said he made darkness his hiding place, covering his pavilion canopy around me. The darkness of the waters and the thick clouds of the skies. I believe that as Jehoshaphat began to speak and as he, as he began to proclaim and as he began to think about, we don't know all the things that he was thinking about and all the things he was remembering and doing in remember to him but I believe that he began to speak some things. He began to pray some things. He began to remind the Lord, you are the Lord who took David out of the place that he was at. You are the Lord that took my father out of the place that he was at. You are the Lord that was there. Out of the brightness before him passed his thick clouds, hailstones and clouds of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens and the Most High uttered His voice, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out His arrows and scattered them and He sent an abundance of lightning flashes and confused and routed them in defeat. And He sent an abundance of lightning flashes and confused and round, routed them in defeat. And the streams 
beds of water appeared, and the fountains of the world were laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord. At the blast of the breath of your nostrils, he reached from on high, and he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he was pleased with me and he was delighted with me. Because out of all the junk that sometimes he wanted to do, out of all the stuff that he might have went through his mind and he thought about and maybe he had done or had not done at the time that he wrote this, he said the Lord was pleased with me. Why was the Lord pleased with him? Not because he was perfect. Not because he had dotted all the I's all the time and crossed all the T's. But he knew at the end of the day, I've got to make my way to the presence of God. He said, for I have kept the ways of the Lord, and I have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his ordinances were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was blameless before him. I kept myself free from my sin. Therefore, the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, my moral character, and my spiritual intellect according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. David would say, give us clean hands. As Jehoshaphat walked into that place, he began to bring to remembrance. I, I know this has took a turn that you didn't know it was going to take, and I, it's all right. For he has caused my lamp to be a light to shine. The Lord, my God, illuminates my darkness. For by you I can crush a troop. And by my God I can leap over a wall. Somebody needs to get in their spirit tonight. There was an old song that we used to sing. I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. Hallelujah. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. What are you talking about? The enemy has come all around you. The, the, the enemy has come to devour you. The enemy has come to consume you in this hour. And all you can talk about is all these things, and all you can do, Jehoshaphat, is reminisce. Oh, as he began to reminisce, it turned into a sweet fragrance to the Lord. It turned into something that God could work in. It turned into something that God can move in. Can I tell you that praise always, when you get into the presence of God and you begin to praise God, it activates something. That the adversary, Brother Hewling, try as he might, if a praise, if he can, if he can't stop a child of God from lifting up a praise, 
he knows that he's in trouble. That's why when we get to the house, as you're pulling into the parking lot, you get text messages that you was not expecting to get on a Sunday. That's why when you come into the church house on a Wednesday night, a work call goes off, a family member is having a catastrophe, or there is a disaster in your bank account that tries to mess you up and tries to get you off focus from lifting up a praise unto the Lord. That's why whenever you go to a place, a silent place, a quiet place, a sacred place, place of prayer. Everything that can go wrong will try to go wrong. That's why in the middle of what you're trying to do for Jesus, the enemy walks in and tries to disrupt that and tries to mess that up because he knows that when Judah gets to the house, there's always going to be something that goes forth. There's always going to be a word that is released when Judah gets to the house. Judah knew we don't fight with swords as other men fight. We don't fight with harsh words as the adversary fights with. But we fight with a praise that cannot, that's why that's why it ticks off the enemy when people of God lift up a praise in the midst of the things that they're going through and the things that they're facing. I'm talking to somebody in this room right now. For the last six or seven, eight months, you have been going through thing after thing after thing, and you feel like it is done, it is over. You almost in your mind not mocking the Holy Ghost, but have mocked even what I have said tonight. Because you don't believe that's why I said what I said earlier. I believe that we believe that God can do it and God will do it, but we have a hard time believing that he has actually shown up in this house tonight. Sister Natalie, to do the miraculous. Sister Kaylin, he showed up in this house tonight. He hasn't come in this house just to pat us on the head. He hasn't come in this house just to pat us on the back. He's come in this house to do battle for you. Jehoshaphat says what he has to say, and this is who you are, O oh God. And if you do it, you don't do it. If you decide that you want them to take this and you want them to make a mockery of it, then it must have been your will anyways. But we're going to praise you. We're going to lift you up. We're going to remember who you are. We're going to call on your name. We made a memorial here, and nothing is going to stop that. Somebody ought to grab it right now. Somebody ought to grab a hold right now. Not, not necessarily. You need to grab a hold of the spirit that's flowing in this house right now. You need to take a hold of that thing right now. You might be taking a hold of the very adversary's neck. You know what I remember? Brother O.S. Elledge used to say. Some of y'all remember what I'm going to say. He said, Bishop, he said, I wish I could get, I remember he'd be preaching. He'd say, I wish I could get the devil by the neck. And I wish I could take his head. And I wish I could stretch that thing as far as I could. What you don't understand tonight is what he was saying. There's a lot of truth too. <laughs> because in this house tonight, the presence of the Lord is here. You ought to get used to and accustomed to when I come to the house, when I get in the presence, whether it's here or it's in your car, it's at your job, whether it's at your house or whether it's at the very doorsteps of your enemy. When I get in the presence of God, I expect this will happen. 
I expect that he will turn dead things back into life. I expect that he will turn broken things and he will fix things. I suspect that things that have been corrupted by the enemy, God will piece them back together as wholeness. That's why when you walk into your house with the presence of God, it may be broken and it may be messed up and it may feel disgusted, but you have authority in the name of Jesus. I don't battle flesh. I don't battle blood. But we battle. We're in a battle, in a spiritual battle. And the Lord's fighting our battle. The people of God, I believe, begin to praise. I'm hurrying to a finish. I'm probably going way too long. 623. And the word says that as he began to say, he said, for we are powerless against this great multitude. What was he talking about? He was talking about we don't have enough men. We don't have enough people. We don't, we don't have spears. We don't have swords. We don't have enough things physically to defeat this thing. And we don't know what to do. But our eyes our eyes are on you. So all Judah stood before the Lord with their infants. I figure some fa- fathers were holding them babies and holding their wives and their children. I'm not knowing what was going to happen. I feel like tonight I'm talking to some people in this room, maybe just a few people in this room. You are holding on to everything you've got for dear life. God, we don't know what we're going to do. You see the situation, God, but we don't know. You see the sickness, and we don't know what we're going to do. You see our finances. We're going to hold on and believe what what we've always believed. But we know what we're going to do. We're going to look to you. We're going to trust in you. Then in the midst of this assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the prophet of God. And that is why the enemy fights you so hard. Because he knows if you'll enter into a place of praise and into a place of worship. I may believe different than some, but I believe that when we enter into a true place of praise and worship, we don't have to wait on our faith to activate. Because when I enter into true praise and when I enter into true worship, it is my faith on display. God, I don't see it yet, but I'm going to jump in advance because I know the enemy Looks like he's looking me dead face in the eyes right now. But I know in the spirit, he's about to be under my feet. That's why I walk 
as I begin to praise. That's why you walk when you begin to praise sometimes and you begin to wave your hand. When you wave that hand, it's like in the spirit. I know we don't fight fleshly with swords, but when you wave that hand in the spirit and you begin to praise and you begin to worship and you begin to do that, David said, teach my hands to war. I don't think he was just talking about with a sword. I don't think he was just talking about make sure my slingshot uh, uh, things are up to par and make sure that I'm able to do this, oh God. But I believe that when he said, teach my hands, hands to war. He said, teach me God that when I'm praising and when I enter into that true place of worship, there's something that is taking place. There's something that is going on. There's something that begins to move when the people of God begin to move. How do I know that? Because the enemy right now would try to keep you stalemate, sitting in your seat uh, in the confines of where you're at because the enemy knows that if you get out of your seat... He knows that if you begin to lift a voice of praise, he knows that if the people of God begin to move and begin to operate like the people of God, the enemy knows whose presence we are in tonight. I said the enemy knows whose presence we are in tonight. That's why he tries to keep you locked up. That's why he tries to keep you bound. I tell somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight, you may have walked in this house with an addiction. I believe that if you would begin to praise, there would be something that would begin to break off of you. There are, genera- I, I don't even want to- there are generational curses that you have allowed to reside and rest on you that a moment of praise. Oh, come bring the praise of the Lord. Into this house. Come fill the room with the sounds. Somebody ought to release something right now in the atmosphere. Listen carefully, all you go ahead and keep on. All you people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, King Jehoshaphat, the Lord says this to you be not afraid, be not dismayed of that great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Go down against them tomorrow. Put on your best clothes, get your praise ready. Put on your comfortable shoes, Judah. (laughs) Would you lift your hands right now towards heaven? The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Go down tomorrow against them. Behold, they come up against you. 
And you're going to find them at the end of the river valley. You're going to find them at the wilderness of Jerel. You need not fight in this battle. Take your positions and stand and witness the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed tomorrow. Go out against them for the Lord is with you. And the word says that Jehoshaphat bowed his face to the ground. And all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord and worshipped him. And the Levites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. The scripture says that they arose early the next morning. And they went down to the wilderness. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe and trust in the Lord your God. And you will be established securely. Believe and trust in his prophets. If you received a word from the Lord, you can trust what God has spoken. Jehoshaphat said, Hear me, I'm going to say it again, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe and trust in the Lord your God. And you will be established and secured. Believe and trust his prophets. Believe what's been spoken over you and succeed. When he had consulted with the people and he appointed those who sang to the Lord. And those who praised him in their holy priestly attire. As they went out before the army and said praise. And give thanks to the Lord. For his mercy and his loving kindness endure forever. When they began to sing and when they began to praise, the scripture says, I believe that what David began to talk about in Psalms 18 and in 2 Samuel 22, I believe that as the people of God begin to praise and as they begin to obey, you hear me right now, as they begin to obey what thus saith the word of the Lord, don't let the enemy steal what God has spoken over you. I said, don't let the adversary for one second steal. I'm talking to myself right now. I am not going to allow him to steal what God has spoken over me. I'm not going to allow what God, what has been prophesied over me and my family. I will not allow those things to be trampled by this adversary that seems too big. And he said, praise the Lord for his mercy and loving kindness endure when they begin to sing and when they begin to praise the Lord sent ambushments against the son of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah. So they were struck down in defeat. They fought each other for the sons of Ammon and Moab suspecting betrayal rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir completely destroying them. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir they helped to destroy one another. What the enemy has meant to completely cause you to just break down and crush you. Would you right now, would you just grab it? I believe in the Spirit. God is saying, hey, the things that they're coming against you with, I'm fixing to turn that around on them. The swords that they've sharpened to defeat you with, <laughs> they're fixing to turn around on one another and destroy one another. 
I'm fixing to cause a confusion, a great confusion to come over your adversary and over your enemy. Not because you've got the biggest muscles, not because your number is that big, but because your name is attached to the name that is above every name. And as they begin to praise and as they begin to sing praise, there was something that began to move. There was something that began to happen. And all those that had encamped around them begin to fight one another. And they begin to toil. Oh, if you could see this in the spirit, what I'm seeing right now, the adversary is standing outside the doors wanting to destroy you when you walk out. But while you're lifting up praise, while you're declaring what thus saith the Lord concerning you, over you, over your life, over your ministry, what God is speaking and saying over you. The adversary is fighting and toiling with one another. The chance of the adversary are turning right now, and it's turning for your good. So they fought one another. The sons of Ammon and Moab suspected betrayal. Isn't that like Jesus? So they rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, completely destroying them. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. And then when the men of Judah came, I'm trying to tell you God is wanting to do more than just preserve you right now. be wondering, why in the world am I even here tonight? Because I believe in the Holy Ghost tonight that God wants to tell you, I haven't come just to preserve you. I haven't come just to help you and keep you in this moment. The scripture says that after they fought one another, after the adversaries had toiled with one another and their own swords that were to destroy Jehoshaphat in all of Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem had destroyed one another. Then praise. Then praise came to the lookout tower. Then Judah said, what do we have here? And Judah began to look out the tower of the wilderness. And they looked towards the multitude. And behold, I'm going to tell you right now in the Holy Ghost, you need to watch your step as you walk out of here, not because of a snare of the enemy. You need to just step over bodies, junk and lies that the enemy has spoken. They'd like to meet you in your face when you walk out of here tonight. You watch and they're going to be under your feet. As Judah began to look out, they begin to look out over the tower into the wilderness, Bishop, and they begin to see bodies. They begin to see the adversary. They begin to see the enemies that wanted to destroy them. They begin to see them as their dead bodies were lying on the ground, piled up, no doubt, and no one had escaped. There wasn't one body that was moving. There wasn't one body that was crippled that was still trying to say, oh, if I can just get to Judah. But when God has enough, I said when God has enough and when God speaks and when he has his say, I don't live in the present. We got to live in the presence. Because when God, in a flip of a switch, in the turn of a coin, God 
and change everything. And they looked out on the bodies lying on the ground and there was no one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoils, It's very possible that the adversary has told you, I am fixing, I'm just not going to whoop on you this time. But I'm going to take everything you've got and you feel like it has been the battle and the fight of your faith. I'm going to take, I'm bringing my stuff with me. The enemy, they were so, Brother Joe, they were so confident in themselves, they thought, we're going to bring some of our stuff because we're going to set up here. We're fixing to take over the presence. We're fixing to take over the temple. We're fixing to tell what presence can be in the presence. We're fixing to tell what can be in the temple and what can't be in the temple. And we're going to bring our own stuff because they're just a small people now. They don't have the things that we have. The adversary has lied to you and said, I am not just going to knock you on your feet, but I'm ready to destroy you and kill you and take everything that you've got. And I'm bringing my stuff. I don't plan on ever leaving this place. flip of the switch as Jehoshaphat began to activate the presence. He began to run to the place. He began to get here. I believe he began to say things like his great, 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 great grandpa would say, as the deer panteth after the water brook, so does my soul thirst after you. I, I hunger tonight and I thirst after righteousness. I, it might be my last time. It may be my last time. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what may happen. It may be my last time, but I will go down. I will not go down. I will be in the presence. I, I will not be made a mockery of. I will not be a fool in front of the enemy. Because God has established me. He's established my steps. He's established a place for me to be. He's called me by name. Jehoshaphat said, get the get our get our carts, get the things that we have. And as they begin to go into the place where the adversary had been, God said, I'm fixing to give them everything back to them. I'm fixing to give them back what they <laughs> they Jehoshaphat told the Lord, he said, long time ago when we were a lot bigger, we could have just destroyed them. We could have defeated them. We could have took all the junk that they had. We could have took all the land that they had. And God said, I, I was waiting. I wanted, their, I wanted their, listen to me, I wanted their resources to multiply. I wanted their equipment to grow. I wanted their spoils to be enlarged so that when an overtaking, takening happens, you get more than what your own hands that were going to battle with swords and with a multitude of people could have ever gotten. And the word says that they went down, not just a few of them, but they called the men down. They called the men down and they found much among them, including equipment and garments and valuable things, which they took for themselves more than they could carry away so much that they spent three days. That it took three days for them to collect the spoils. The greatest days of you. 
are in his presence. Oh, I'm telling somebody right now, if you would just do something, if a praise would just come on, on top of you, if you just let something just begin to come out of your mouth right now, there's people in this room that have no strength, but I pray right now that if you would just open your mouth, the Spirit of God would begin to make intercession through you right now. When I don't have word, when I don't, hold on just a second. When I don't have words to say, oh God, go ahead and speak through me, Jesus. Go ahead right now in this house. Come on, let's just go ahead in this house right now. Go ahead in this house right now. Bishop can't do it. Pastor can't do it. Nobody can do it for you. But could you right now, could you just go into a time of remembrance? This is how I do it, oh God. This is what I'm doing, oh God. This is what I'm doing in remembrance of you, oh God. In remembrance of how good you've been, oh God. I remember the night. Some of you need to say it.